Hello. Hi, John. Hi, Merlin. How's it going? Sounds, sounds like, like, you're, like you're eating. <laughs> oh, I see. You were trying to sound really serious and grave, but it's just because you were eating. Peanut mm-hmm. butter? Mm-hmm. Peanut butter. Mm-hmm. Stew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take your time. <laughs> <laughs> I ate a bite of food and then you called and I I oh, had yeah. I had that thing of like I have a bite of food but he called. Um no, I had a bite of Japanese pear apple. Do you get those? They're very expensive. That's completely made up. What? Japanese pear apple? Well, I mean, is it a pear or is it an apple? It's a Japanese pear apple. Well, that's like watermelon radish. It doesn't even make sense. <laughs> it kind of is like a radish. Is that what we're doing <laughs> now? We're just taking the, we're just taking two names of two foods and jamming them together. No, this has been a thing for a long time. The popcorn Japanese chicken. pear apple. It's oh. a popcorn chicken. <laughs> it actually has. It actually looks like, and kind of has the consistency of a thinly sliced. The story's radish. completely falling apart. <laughs> but it kind of tastes like a pear, if a pear was an apple. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> They're like $5 each, but every time I God, go to the grocery store. if only there were some fruit that were out there. <laughs> we need new fruits, new fruits. It's a new year, new fruits. So this might be a, a East Coast, West Coast thing. Mm. Because <laughs> with the same with the same kind of deadly consequences. <laughs> Listen, we're, we're going to go to the mattresses over this. I no, love when when I you was, call me Pear Apple. That when I was a kid, they introduced these into the, I don't know, somewhere. Uh, they showed up. And yeah, yeah, yeah. each one is wrapped individually in its own foam. Oh, that's very Japanese. Oh, yeah. They're, each, piece, each piece of fruit comes in its own little bastic. Is it one of those like kind of spongy like little cages? It's a spongy cage. Yeah. It's a, it's a pear apple radish in a spongy cage. <laughs> huh. And that they're five dollars each, and they're really good. But you know what I admire is like there's a there's a moment where you thought to yourself, I, I did I did just tell Merlin I'm I'm ready to record, and um, and then I started calling it rang and rang and rang, and I'm guessing that's during the period where you had a bite, and then thought I'll finish this bite, and you can fill me in on whether I'm even close. But you thought, can I finish this bite? And then somehow you thought maybe I should have another bite, and that's yeah. when you picked up. Mm, you know, it, it's a they're big bites. Is the oh. thing because they're bigger? They're bigger than an apple. They're bigger than eat, a do pear. Do you eat it as a hand fruit or do you cut it up? I don't eat anything as hand fruit fruits anymore. Fruits. Um, I'm, a, I'm a cutter upper. I've I've yeah, come back too. to uh, apples recently, and uh, I like to cut them. Up. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> 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 welcome, welcome to Aging Men Discuss. Do you carry, for, carry for, crackers? <laughs> Do you carry crackers? I always like to have, have a snack with me, S- some raisins, or uh, yeah. But like you know, uh, you know, it's uh, it's exciting to find new fruit. I I I, mm-hmm. I've, I like. Uh, I'm a fan of the Honeycrisp apple. Sure, and and sometimes I'll think one out of six, I think, okay, I'm going to test my metal. I'm going to see if I can eat this the way I would eat an apple as a child. Now, Honeycrisp is a pretty big apple. It's a big apple now. Yeah. And I, I do, and the thing is, the, the flat truth of it is, this is like so many of those realizations that, that have come to me late in life is like, hey, I'm just happier if I cut it up. I enjoy yeah, it more. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, did you ever see Denzel Washington eat a, eat a uh, tomato like an apple? What kind of tomato? Well, like a big old tomato, like a like not a cherry tomato. Not it's right, he's not right. like uh talking about like a beef like Denzel Washington grabs himself a beefsteak tomato and just bites into it. Just bites into it like an That's apple. That's a power move. It's a 
I don't mean it's ugh. like when Chairman Kaga bites into that uh, that bell pepper on Iron Chef. Hmm. And he goes, ah, you hmm. know, mm-hmm. it feels like a power. You don't know who I'm talking. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> this uh, this will kill. <laughs> this <sighs> this pepper will kill. Is that a Howard Keel joke? No, there was a show, some oh. crazy show. God, I'm sorry, I'm ruining all your all your bits this week. You just came in wanting to enjoy a a nice fruit snack, and I and I'm here, you know, giving you a kind of a Spanish Inquisition. No, that's fine. That's fine. That's what you know. What's in the show is in the show, but it's a I form of interrogation. It is. Yeah. Somebody, somebody uh, made me watch a show where uh, it's uh, a bunch of bearded guys, and they get challenges to make knives and swords. Forged in fire. There you go. That's it. Yes. And and one of the guys in Forged never, in never Fire. Never heard of it. <laughs> one of the guys also in Also never heard of the glass blowing show. <laughs> the, the coach or the, the judge. Oh, the uh-huh. judge takes your sword and he cuts into a side of beef and then he chops up a, a, a beefsteak tomato and he kills a watermelon with it. And then if it works, from what I understand, season one, he would say, this sword will kill. And that was his way of saying, like, this is a gnarly sword, and congratulations. Or if it doesn't cut the side of beef, he's like, this sword will not kill. Oh, my goodness. But, but so then much pressure. People wrote in, and they were like, I watched this show with my five-year-old, and you talking about killing a watermelon is that bad show for children. For dads. It's a dad. It's not a five-year-old. I mean, I guess <laughs> if you want the five-year-old to be part of your, your journey. People do stuff with five-year-olds that I wouldn't do. And look at me, I'm the world's worst, worst dad. That's but, true. Yeah, see? Yeah. So if you're doing stuff that I, I'm not going to let my five-year-old watch a, a guy cut a side of beef with a Did sword. Did you figure anyway. out how you're going to monetize that? Because yeah. maybe, you know, because maybe, I'm just saying, I don't want to dwell on it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of times you get, it turns out, you get a redemption story. Uh, uh, Scott Fitzgerald said there's no second acts in American life, which I don't think has ever made that much sense to me. But, no. but you, you could certainly have some kind of a comeback as a turns out guy. You know, Rich well, Dad, Poor Dad has a billion dollars in debt. I'm just saying there's turns outs that are accessible to you if you decided to pivot and monetize. Oh, I know. Well, you know, it's the 30-year anniversary of a couple of days ago. I know, ago. I know. And um, I, yeah, what I'm thinking is I'm going to write a book called Punk Rock is Bullshit. Okay. And it's and then underneath it's, it's going to say colon a bean dad tale. And we'll see. We'll see. Monetize. You know, Mon- money comes in a lot of different streams. The thing is you don't know where it's going to come from. There's a thing I say to my family, which, you know, they don't listen to because why would they? And I say this a lot, especially to, for example, my wife, which is... The one person you talk to that isn't me and John Syracuse. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this morning, this morning I showed her that I showed her that mouse in Wales that keeps tidying up the guy's shed. Mm. I didn't even go. To, I didn't go to work because I was like, "Hang on, I, I got to show. I got to show Madeline the, the Welsh tidy mouse." Honey, honey. Oh no, I waited. I saw on Find My that she'd gotten home, and whenever she sits in the car before she comes in, of course, there's a part of me that thinks she's avoiding me. Mm. I, what I really know is she's probably checking her email for work, which sure. happens. But I also sometimes wonder if she's making uh, conservative videos. In the front seat of her car, with her Oakleys oh. on the back of her head, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah Anyhow, yeah. I show I showed her that she is the only person I talk to. But I'll say to her, I'll say, you know, honey, you know, I can't find the thing, and she keeps mm. looking where the thing is supposed to be. And uh-huh. and I say to her, look, I don't want to sound counter revolutionary, sweetheart, but m- m- 
perhaps you should be looking for it someplace other than where it's supposed to be because it strikes me, and I keep this to myself mostly because I know better. Of course, better. Of course. Of but course. I, I think to myself, I think, I think, you know, if it was, it's like they say, you know, if you lived here, you'd already be home. Well, if it was where it's supposed to be, you, you never would have mislaid it. Yeah, you're looking for your car keys under a street light. That's where That's the, the that light's is. better there. Yeah, see. Yeah. I don't well, know. The, the thing she about the guy that said keel, the, the keel, keel sword guy, yeah. is that uh, that he didn't want to change his catchphrase. I, 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 I'm, I'm just guessing. Oh, I, he didn't I want completely. To change his catchphrase. They so changed the catchphrase it. on Survivor, and I'm still not used to it. Well, what he did is he, he came up with an acronym, K-E-E-L, Oh, jeez. Uh, keeps everything um, oh, uh, elastic and loose or something. I don't know what it stands for. Yeah. And now he goes, now he really draws it out. It will kill. Mm-hmm. But he says it all, all like, like, like he's saying kill. Do you think that was a difficult meeting? Where they kind of <sighs> finally, you know, it's one of those things like explain to Elon Musk how making this very heavy, sharp vehicle that's very costly is maybe not the best idea. But at some point you have to sit down with Mr. Forge and say to him, you know, there's there's concerns about the killing, and we love your catchphrase. America's mm-hmm. just crazy for killing. Mm-hmm, but like, mm-hmm, do, mm-hmm. do you think that was an awkward conversation? Because people get very attached to their, uh, you know, to to their catchphrases. That will kill. Well, you know what you and I have never done. Had a catchphrase. You and I. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. No, wait, can, can, you see me, can you see me hooking can you see me hooking my <laughs> can you see me hooking my index finger under the collar of my shirt and going <laughs> get no respect no no catch no you know what here. we've never done you and i have never not only have we never pitched but we have never even talked about you and me pitching a television show of any kind Right now, I, I have other relationships with fellow uh, fellows yeah. uh, of our generation, and we have had m- we, multiple times. I have uh, talked about pitching a television show, and a couple of times have actually pitched television shows with my friends. <sighs> to 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 your friends, or to somebody in a position to make a television show? Somebody in a position, you know, Hodgman and I filmed seven ep- seven episodes of a television what? show. Did you never hear this story? Um, Surely you have. Well, hey, let's come back to that. Okay. Okay. Because what's really important is should we be doing that, right? (laughs) Well, so with with Friendly Fire, it was tailor-made to be a kind of uh, podcast television show on the the movie channel or A&E or something where three guys – and it would be a thing where we'd show a movie like, you know, uh, Wings Over Tokyo – and then at every commercial break or three or four times, we would come in with our little five minutes of like, how can these guys even be serious about this? Mm. Well, I believe that, th- you know, this type of idea. But that all started the whole idea. So, it's, sort of, it's sort of like uh, <clears throat> USA Up All Night, but with like the longest day. Exactly. Okay. Uh, but the whole, the, the whole reason that, uh, that I ever introduced Ben to Adam was that Ben used to work on that television show uh, filmed in New York, which was like tech something. And I was a frequent guest. It's a terrible name. It was, yeah, whatever. Tech mm, ellipses. Doesn't matter. It doesn't mark. matter what it is. I don't he remember. started it with it tech. Uh, but he was like just starting a, a phrase with dad. It wasn't tech. It was something. You would, I get, re- no. you would remember it. Okay. He, right. he was a cameraman on the show uh, and not an on air personality, but he would come chat me up. Uh, in the intermissions and so forth 
and I, you know, and I found him very engaging. And then he and the host of the show started pitching me on a show where we would drive across America and uh, film stories about like Poughkeepsie, New York and little towns that had kind of, that once been grand and fallen on hard times. Wow. And at one point I was going to buy Tiffany Arment's dad's Corvette and I was going to drive the Corvette. Whoa. And then they were going to follow behind me in a GMC RV. And we were going to visit American towns. Wow. And then I was going to get out, and there's going to be animation. You so, know, kind of an element say. of like Charles Kuralt. Exactly. Yeah. But much more like Poughkeepsie used to be a really cool town, as is evidenced by these Victorian mansions. But now, uh, you know, the only people living in these Victorian mansions are like young lawyers. Who haven't figured out? Oh, how you know, be good you, while you're up there is Rochester. See, Rochester is Rochester would be perfect because you got you got Kodak, right? You've got the like, you know, that's where Kodak was. That was yeah. like one of the great companies in America, and I, I think I I bet you that would be an interesting story. It would be you could go to like a museum. You could go to the Kodak Theater. Oh. You could see well, Peter Hughes from the Mountain Goats. I think he still lives there. So the whole pitch was that we were going to go and say like. That, that whole business that I love to do, which is, it starts with like, why is there a town here? Well, yeah. there's a bend in the river and this is where people yeah. would take their goats over the river. Okay. So then what was this town famous for? Well, they used to make tie bars back in a time when you had detachable collars and that's why it's a famous town. And then what happened? Well, fentanyl or whatever. Right. And, right, and, right. and then we'd go talk to some, some kids in a warehouse who were like, ah, we're making crazy skateboard ramps now. And it's like, is this the future of Poughkeepsie? But you could also talk to, um, I don't know, I think of like the guy in the video for the Beth song, uh, Expert in a Dying Field. You could talk to people, you could talk to horologists. Horologists. Like you talk to somebody who does something that's not useful anymore. <laughs> yeah, the one right? last horologist in Poughkeepsie. The last VCR repair person. So we talked about this television show a lot. We okay. sent a lot of emails back and forth. Huh. The problem is... Uh, what a thing like that needs is a project manager. And of course, everybody oh, here we go. always mistakes me for somebody that has any ability to do that. Do so they? I kept, <laughs> do they know I kept, you when they I do kept, that? I kept writing back going like, sounds great. Let's put it together. Like, show me the deck or whatever. And they were like, great. Well, so what do we do next, sir? And I'm like, ah. And that's how I introduced Ben to Adam. The, ben was out in Seattle, and I was like, I'll you're going to love my friend Adam. He's uh, He also has a uh, video camera. You guys could go make videos. <laughs> like, get out of my hair, you kids. That's so interesting. And look at him now, a, a media empire. But wow. what you and I have never done mm -hmm. is think, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening. What if, what if we turned this into a television show? Uh -huh. You know, who? <laughs> what do people want to look at we more? We already have such success than starting on time for an audio <laughs> Yeah. Well, there it is. I just, you know, the There's nothing go, that says you can't start two. a TV show. There's nothing in the rule book. This is classic Airbud. There's nothing in the rule book that says you can't start your, your, your TV show 15 minutes late. Right, with one guy ha having a Japanese pear apple in his mouth when they when they say action. Hi, and then I could hold it up and go, "Look, <clears throat> it's half Japanese, half pear." Yeah, half yeah, apple. yeah. But also, you could do a little bit of I don't want to I don't want to wheeze his juice, but like a little bit of James Burke. Where now you're coming in and you're showing some, uh, as we said, James Burke calls it connections with other things, and you could talk about how that fruit w would not yes. have even been possible if there hadn't been people on the West Coast who have tired of other hand fruit. There it is. Well, the problem was... We're fighting them in a war not that long ago. You know, Christine uh, Connor, Jonathan Colton's wife, 
Big big she, shot. She's still a big shot in reality shows. She oh yeah, she makes television shows of yeah, true yeah. crime, all that stuff. And so we had a meeting with her what? where she and then you know, but she you know I was always staying at their house. So then an after meeting uh, sitting around in the living room, she said, "Listen, John, here's the problem." I think I've probably said this to you before. She said, "There I get a million pitches from people uh, uh, who want to make a TV show and they are people who don't watch TV. <laughs> and the problem is that a well, lot of well, people... As we've shown, you don't have to listen to podcasts to do a podcast for 10 years. <laughs> there you go. I said so. And she was like... The your, thing about, point, your point being... <laughs> yeah, what? Huh? She said the po- problem is that people who don't watch TV keep coming up with ideas for television shows. God, that's but, such a good insight. But oh they God. don't know what people who do watch TV want to watch. Hmm. Because... If this is a great show for people who don't watch TV, but they're not the ones who watch TV. Do you get what I'm saying? I, I get what you're saying. And also it's long before, I mean, the, 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 the thorn in my side, that, not to break the bit, but like, I don't know how to make a TV show. Mm-hmm. And in that instance, like you want to see like, oh, it doesn't matter. But like, do you really want the kind of TV show that's basically like a white label product where you just like you say like you know the way that like you just slap somebody's name onto something and you say you know what i mean like i'm trying to avoid jokes from tv shows that i like but the george foreman grill i I don't think he invented that ability to have have grease (laughs) run all over your counter i don't think god that thing was so badly made but you know what i mean like the the tracy jordan uh meat machine uh, meat machine you know (laughs) meat is the new bread thank you <laughs> Doctor Spaceman. <laughs> but 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 our show would not be like that. Our show would oh. be bespoke. That's what that's the word we would use. Uh, we, we, ours would be the, whatever the opposite of on the nose is. Our our show would be elusive. Yeah. Yes, for the, the people who the made the people who watch it on it would probably be on a streaming service, right? That's what we would end up on. We would end up on like um like Mimo or, mm. or Chibop. Or mm-hmm. something like one of those one of those stations that just goes away. Well, so that's the thing. She was saying this a decade Get acquired ago. Acquired by Crackle, maybe. I mean, these days there's there's a show for everybody. Yes. But she was saying like, I love the vision, the visual of you in Tiffany Arment's dad's uh, old Corvette. Is this like a seventies, eighties Corvette? Yeah, it was like a seventies Corvette. <sighs> it was a great Corvette. I, she and I was talking. We're talking, you know, pretty seriously. Not seriously, but. No, no. I was like, listen, I'm going to buy your Corvette. And she was like, it's for you. It's here for you. All you have to do is buy it. And I was like, I am going to do it as soon as I get the funding. <laughs> oh, and then we had the whole idea. <clears throat> there was going to be like a science lady who had uh, glasses and wore hair up in a bun, who was always correcting me when I didn't know I what to things were. Her. And then there was a then there was going to be like a computer guy who had a little hat. Oh, the a, guy in the chair. Yeah, right? he had a yeah. radar dish on his hat. He was always <laughs> running behind with a with a. Oh dear! You know, okay. Who was like looking stuff up? <laughs> this has got a broad appeal. Right? <laughs> As I said, like this valley used to you be could full have an of alien, tie bars. You could have an alien sidekick. Yeah, exactly. And then there was going to be Ben uh, Ben who was going to be running around with the camera, but he was going to also be. An on-air personality, of course, of because course, because there was going to be a camera person who was filming the camera person. Oh, and then there was going to be animation. It was going to be incredible. And Christine was like, "This is great. This is hilarious. Absolutely, we would watch it." But we don't watch TV. And I was like, "Damn it, damn it! Right. What do people who watch TV want to see?" And she was like, "Not that. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they yeah. want to see. They want to uh, see. They want to see fifty-year-old women in high heels throw wine on each other. From what I yeah, can tell. and they, and I think at the time she was like, people want to see reenactments of domestic violence. Okay. Uh, that seems to be very popular. Is that a, is that a thing you thought about? Uh, that's not my thing. You know, I don't have. Well, a I'm lot not of saying you have to be on air talent. It. You could be, as you say, behind the camera. That's the thing. I'm not very good at. I'm not. I am. <laughs> Please <laughs> I mean, continue. The, the list of things I'm not very good at. I, I have to imagine here. your mind scanning the array of things you're comfortable saying. Here, here's uh, here's <laughs> what it sounds like. My list. Oh. Oh, that sounds like a lot of ideas. That's that's just the first couple of chapters of the list of things I'm not very good at. Okay, okay. But no, I'm not going to be good at making reality television because I don't watch it. it I can't be stand reality. It. Reality, I think people like reality. What we call reality television, uh, just to state the obvious, I think one reason that people end up making those things is that they're less costly than yeah. a than a classic scripted uh, right. TV show. This is why you see so many naked pictorials. Uh, taken outside you get a lot of naked pictures of people oh, taken really? outside for like my instagram and stuff no 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 like uh you know like nudie magazines and so forth oh like and, a, like a centerfold yeah and my suspicion is they do a I lot mean, of play, barns also if playboy starts. did it did it inside because they could afford lights but lights, i think yes. on the cheap it's a lot easier to put a, a naked person like splayed out on a log than it is to get a get like a plastic log in a in Ooh, a studio, I don't want to be naked on a log. No, but that's the, nobody does. But you that's have to thing. do it. That's the, that's the job. That's the job. Yeah, yeah. I would yeah. say forty percent of naked pictures are taken in situations where you would never a never be naked and b right. never want to see a naked person. Like I don't want to see a naked person on a log. No, it's like anchovies. I'd like to know that it's coming. If you know what I mean. Well, sure, but I don't. You know, I don't want to just. I don't want to just like roll up somewhere and there's somebody naked that I wasn't no. expecting. Well, and also if you have a, a sexy friend and you're out mm -hmm. by yeah. a log and you're like, "Hey, here we are," the chances that that log is going to be in a situation where you're like, "Why don't you take your clothes off?" Pretty. Not if you live in a city. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. You're not going to want to do that. There might you're be a draft. You and the you and your sexy friend are going to want to go back to one or the others of your places. Okay, and then it's just a normal bed in a normal room, right? Were you, were you imagining a, a woman being naked on a log the whole time? I don't I don't have a strong opinion about this, but but is, is there a way of thinking about that where it was always another dude that you were photographing? On a log? <laughs> oh, well, that would be a very different magazine. I well, and, and I, I think, think you need you're to keep your right. You, you don't. We neither of us has any ability or real ideas or skills to like make any of this. So I think it helps to start with the broadest possible idea of what somebody might be able to right. do on our behalf that we could make some kind of money off of. Well, but this is the thing I think in gay culture until very recently, having sex outdoors in a park on a log was absolutely a part of the thing. Yeah. Way more than, so you're right. I was not thinking. In that's how they got of, Brian Epstein, you know, exactly. Or that, you know, and that's how they got Howie Epstein. Got That's him out on a log, right? So my, my feeling is, you're right. That's an example of me. Got Bob Einstein. I'm not Bob Einstein. What kind of name is That's that? <laughs> my, uh, I was not. I was. I was normativizing sex mm. on a log uh, when, in fact, <laughs> that sounds like a treat involving raisins and celery sticks. Yeah, don't normativize it. Sex no. on a log. It's like sex on the beach, which was the first time i well the, when i lost my virginity it was a party 
where everyone was drinking sex on the beach. Can you believe that? But it was in Alaska. There was no beach. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah, the, a real, the, real, real Voorhees type situation. The poster for the party said sex on the beach across mm. the top. And then it was like, you know, park cool. Here's the address, you know. Didn't say sex but, on a log. No. And I had just gotten out of jail. And okay. my friend was like, I found this plot and I found this flyer. <laughs> Someone tie like, a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree for you. <laughs> I was like, let's go. And well, I well, what if there is a yellow ribbon literally around a tree. It's just that there's a dude there and he's totally naked. It's like, follow the yellow ribbon. I'm coming home. I've done my right? time. <laughs> Every time you see a yellow ribbon, it's like part yes. of a, a, part of a, a like a, a, a little game, like a, uh, follow the, follow this. Now, do you see the next one? Do you see do the you value see the though, keeping ribbon? your mind open about these things? Do you see I now do. how many I things, do. somebody's going to write all this down hmm. and we're going to probably and they're going to, they're going to reverse pitch it to us. They might. I, I, I could probably catch a reverse pitch. You know, uh, but like, yeah, you know, I mean, somebody's going to probably put this into like a, uh, like a, like a, what I call it, like a mood board or an mm. idea wall, like yeah. some kind of like a, maybe a virtual space where we could explore some of the ideas and could I, I'll take right. a little bit of log and a little mm. bit of hand fruit and John in an uh, RV, you know, they say, you know, dress for the job that you want. It seems yeah. to me that like what you're ultimately saying here is uh, buy the car uh, for the TV show you probably won't end up making because well, then at yeah. least you get a car. That was one thing that I, I, I pulled my punch because I was, I was like, first I should get the Corvette. And then I said, is this the order of operations? Corvette right, first? Right. You're growing. And You're really growing to realize at a, something At a like certain that. point, Tiffany was like, hey, I got to deal with this Corvette. Do you want it or do you not? Because it had been, it'd been months that I was like, hold that Corvette. She was like, I'm not going to just Did keep it here. Did she have it in New York or was it, I mean, it was her, her parents are from what, Long Island, right? Yeah, it was her dad. It was in a garage. Okay. Oh, okay. But, oh wow. But okay. it was like, get this car out of here type of thing. You know, you, her parents had arrived at a certain point in life where it was yep, like, yep, yep. Corvette's got to go. And An um, extremely dangerous sports car with a stick shift is not a thing they were going to be. Uh, well, and the thing about it is it was not like cherry it made a fiberglass, red. right? Fiberglass. I bet it was that reddish orange that was so well. Cool. No, it had it had. I I don't remember. I I don't want to disparage it, but I feel like it had a primer color. I mean, it was definitely <laughs> something that <laughs> is was. There not, a chance that it was uh, slightly gray? There are no people who watch TV who would look at that and think this is good TV. Although I thought it would be amazing TV, and uh, and you know on a budget, right? But I mean, maybe the hat with the little radar dish on it wouldn't actually be functional, but no. it would be battery powered. It would move. But then it also, just, you could sell that as merch. That's merch. The you whole could, thing. you could have the hat that Norman wears. It was a license to print money. Yes, but, for sure. But, that's for sure. But what yeah. I'm thinking is the Roderick on the Line television show. Yeah, there's just there's just no. See, I'm not the guy. I'm not the visionary. Who's, who can see No, it. I disagree. I think you should probably just stay the visionary. Like you, oh, oh. you can, no, no, no. Understand what I'm saying here. Like, I don't, I don't want you to run this any more than you do. Thank you. And I'm, I'm not capable of that. I, no. I have, you know, I have ideations about being organized that, yeah. that are aspirational, but like, I don't know. I feel like there's, there's a whole bunch of ways it can go. I, I've had a lot of ideas for things. Yes, I know just, that. It's just that I also have developed out of my perhaps lassitude or lack of imagination. Sometimes all I see is the tremendous amount of work for like a small payoff. And I've told you this before. Your your mm -hmm. your aforementioned pal, uh, Jonathan Colton. One of the things I, I've 
said a lot about Jonathan Colton. I don't know if he would put it this way, but like one of the things that first attracted me to his stuff, to, to him as a person, would, in a part, apart from the wonderful songs that he makes, is mm-hmm. that the way I used to phrase it was, this is a guy who will n- not let a s- stranger screw up his career for a nickel. Mm. He seemed to always have a good sense of not not just like, well, is there a way that, and again, from Jonathan, we learned that idea you and I have talked about, like, there's very little money anyone can ever afford to leave on the table. And and yeah. if you think <clears throat> that you can, you know, <sighs> boy, good for you, Hakuna Matata. But like for mm. most of us, it, it is a little bit of, uh, I don't know what the youths call it, a hustle or a grind. But I always like that about Jonathan. And it's something I've tried to adopt philosophically uh, is that I don't want some a stranger screwing up my thing for a nickel, mm. but 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 also I don't like working in the conventional sense. I mean, at you're all. you're a great idea to have a shoe phone that was also a wallet. Yeah, right. That right, was right. genius. It's like your shoe, it really it's your wallet, was, it's your yeah. phone. Um, it, but the it, was thing only, about, it was only funny on on a tertiary level, if at all. But it was a great idea was a for great somebody that doesn't yeah. wear shoes or have a wallet. Right? Yeah, right, right, that's right. the thing about it. Or, the thing about Jonathan phone. Colton yeah. is like every great cult leader, he su- he somehow had it in his personality. He figured out how to get them to do it for him. Yeah, that's right. He got people to work for him for free, and okay. there's no do we, way. Do we start? Do we start there? Do we start yeah, with deviant art? Right. Well, what happens is Jade Gordon writes a comic book treatment of our show. My friend Moxie could make us make us something out of like like uh, like felt. There we know is. a lot okay. of people who can who can do DIY things. Probably people with like Etsy stores and stuff. I think Captain Marm will probably do the do the storyboarding on an etch a sketch, right? Yeah. Which is perfect for people who have never made a. Or TV maintain show. the index of spreadsheets, right? And then pretty soon, people somebody's going to be listening to this, and they're like, "Hey, wait a minute! I, I, you know, I am somebody that's really good at cable maintenance. Like, I, I take uh, every every my whole office. Like the cable. Oh, I would love to so have that good. person in my life. Yeah. What if I do the cabling for the show? And that'd be a job we'd have to figure out. We'd have to invent. Like, yeah, we do. It would be nice to have our cables all all squared away. Um, then there's somebody else will be like, wow, hey, I'm a web developer. It's kind of like that book Stone Soup in some Stone ways. Stone Soup. Exactly. Right? I bring an onion. The, you bring right. a stone. The problem is everyone we know really only has stones. Whew. You know, and they're kind of hoping for somebody else to, to bring the hot water. The, the, the other question then becomes, in some ways, and just at a very, very sort of high level conceptually, are we looking to do a visual presentation of what our, I don't love this word, what our podcast has been for over a decade? Are we basically trying to do that you, as a you, team? You, 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 you hesitate over the word podcast? I really, I really don't like using it. I don't, <laughs> okay. No, yeah. people use it. They've always used it too much. And I'm not going to say, say the version that they say that's shorter, which because that's just not acceptable. Cast. But, huh? No. Huh? No, what? No, Ugh. no, I'm not going to do it. Not going to do it. Okay. But, 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 do but it. I'm just saying, like, I don't, I don't need an answer for this. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, um, I, I would be show? fine with just turning this into like the equivalent of like a Comic Con panel, where we just sit there and and people, you know, look at us for however long it takes. Yeah, but you, I bet you would find when a camera was pointed at you that it, you know, it changes who you are, it changes what you do. I believe you're, that. Yeah, you're performing for a camera, just as you know. When we do our live shows, they're they're different. You know, things can go. Uh, I try, I try to adapt. Yeah, yeah, no, it's but we don't do you it know? enough. That's the thing. We don't do it every week. I don't do anything so, enough, do we? But I mean, a camera what's pointed at me. What's the future look like, John? What exactly. if? What if? Like, exactly. like, 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 if we, as we used to say, you know, if you want to write the headline. 
Let's write the headline okay. for this. Okay. In the future, okay. and what's the headline? I, well, I, most headlines are terrible, so I'm going to withdraw that. Instead, I'm going to say, what do we want people saying, the people we like? And in two years from now, what we want them saying is, to me, I never could have imagined. There it is. Right? That's it. That John and Merlin. Yep. There me, it is. Me two, knowing how they are. That two they guys would, in their mid-50s. Yeah. Reinventing the dominant paradigm. Yes. Yes. And what thought technology did they discover that let them sort of unleash that of which they are capable? (laughs) Well, so... I don't know know, what that is, but I'm I'm open. I'm very open. We know it's probably not a a, a YouTube video where we talk about jazz chords on on electric Hmm. guitar. We know it's probably not a TikTok because that's not long enough form for us. And any TikTok we would make would that be could, All of those things, I mean, I don't want to sound dismissive, but all of those are ancillary things mm-hmm. that our group could be working on. You know, your Roderick group could be working on on our behalf. This is why I think we need to get a look at the DeviantArt community because th- those, yes. those folks are super horny. Oh, and for sure. If we just cut them loose on do the hor- doing the horniest Horniest personal version of us talking about Hitler. <laughs> Do you think there's a horny version of Roderick on the line? Are there people listening to this show because it because they're yeah, horn dogging on oh it? Oh my! I, I bet you. I bet you. I boy, there's just there's whole areas you. of my, of life I just. There are a lot of people, there are a lot of people who listen to this show to go to bed where they're like, I'm sleepy and I want to hear their voices. Hmm. And I bet you they have erotic dreams. Should that change the way we do the program, especially for the TV part? Maybe a little bit more ASMR on your microphone. You could just slow down. You could eat eat the whole time. Put a little bit of spit in your voice. Oh, why does does ASMR have to to be relaxing? (laughs) Can it be, can ASMR (laughs) be upsetting? Welcome to Roderick on the line. Well, I'm gonna have some, I'm gonna have some iced tea as long as we're at. Oh, oh, a little oh, Japanese pear apple mm, there for you. Mm. I love that, that small ice. I really like. Mm. Mm. Oh, you mm. do like a small ice. Mm. I know that about mm. you. Mm. But now wait, 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 wait. Mm. Mm-hmm. You, I know this, have all the television. Yeah, you have every television, and I watch I watch a lot of television. And so, of the people of on this group, yes. Are you eating that, again, John? No, I just took a bite of Japanese or pear apple for the sexy people. Oh, okay, that's okay, I see. Who are like, see. oh, rub the pear apple. Oh, yeah, you could get like a little brush. Is that <laughs> so, what they no, do? But do I'm they saying, rub things with a brush? Isn't that what they do? You oh, whisper. I, I know you whisper, and then you rub your fruit with a brush. I think. I think they're they're like they're opening uh, packages of Disney merch. Uh, real slowly. Real slow, sexy just unboxing. Like, Look at this unboxing. Mm. Mm. But instead, imagine unboxing Merlin and John. Oh. Oh, look, here they are. They're wrapped oh. in tissue. You guys, today, I'm going to open this bottle of my beta blockers. <laughs> but no, so uh, by Christine's adage, one of us does watch television. So as a television watcher, <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> When you, if you were yeah. to turn on the TV and like, hey, it's the Merlin and John show. All right. Maybe it'd be like Eric, uh, Eric Acri. What, what's that guy? Andre. Oh, uh, Eric Andre, who's well, always you just made me think of a water set. fountain, so I know the system works. Could we, could we do an Eric Andre style show? <laughs> that's a, that's like an interview show, right? Sort of. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's sort of like between two. But it's ferns. like a jokey. It's kind of like yeah, it's like a Tim and Eric kind of thing. Yeah, right? except it's a little bit more violent. And incomprehensible. Right. But right, that's right. us, violent and incomprehensible. Well, I mean, another thing is, like, does it just have to be the two of us? It's probably better money wise 
that way uh, for whatever we net from this. But like, I also like the idea of we could port over the idea of the science girl, like have a have oh. like a, a lady in a pencil skirt who's like, um, oh my actually, God, I love a pencil skirt. We've been watching she, House, and Cuddy's always rocking a. Her always, hair up in a kind of messy oh, bun right oh on top of it and a gla- glasses who's like, actually, mm. uh, fact check, that's not how, uh, nope, Hitler was never in the Beatles. And you're like, God. <laughs> Technically, he was in the quarrymen. <laughs> that's how he, that's where he wrote Horse Vessel Lead. Anyways, um, that's a, I also do like the idea though, you know, they say there's no I bet, I, bad ideas in brainstorming, which is not true. But like one thing is we could just throw out like, in terms of like the writing the headlines, like, like for, I mean, like I don't know why I was about to say this, and and I realized this this sounds, I like I'm trying to be base, but like yeah. another way to put this is like I've seen a lot of pornography, and yeah. therefore I should probably make pornography. Oh, and you're no. like, well, being and that's that also goes for hand fruit, if you'll forgive my saying, which yeah. is like if you're used to being on the consumption side of something this might be a little bit of the Dunning-Kruger effect, but like you tend to think you were like, you know, I could win a fight. I've seen lots of fights. You yeah. know, there's all those things where you're like, just because I've consumed a lot of content, I've seen a lot of Jack Chan movies means that I could like hang off a fire escape and be fine. Well, what about Sky King? He, he played a lot of video games and then he stole an airplane or the, or the kid that uh, played a lot of video games and then became a race car driver or huh. the, the kid that played a lot of airplanes and then he became a, a, a drone pilot for the air force. You know, I think there are the problem success is stories. We don't play a lot of video games. Is our problem? Well, I mean, if it was for my work, I guess eh, no, I don't want to do that. But maybe we—I don't know. I just—I I could toss out things like qualities I would like to see in a, in a program mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. could be the sort of thing we look into without Musical committing guest. us. I see. I'm talking somewhat more conceptual. Okay, go, go, girl. Well, I mean, there should be segments that make me uncomfortable in sure. ways I can't really articulate. Mm-hmm. Like our show. Like our show. See, that's the thing, though. Well, wait, it doesn't if, repeat, but it rhymes. What if we went back and did our greatest hits? So, like, one time we would have a show where I would French kiss a parrot, and then we'd have a show where our, we had a closet full of dead uh, oh, we lady dolls. Oh, we'd some of our greatest hits or like the, you thought it was an opossum, but it was really somebody stealing your ring, getting your passport. Yeah, but we'd do it, it would actually be like like lit up. We'd, we'd actually put a possum in a Oh, wall. animation. Actually, you know, people are good at it. People right. make animations. Think about think about animating Super Train. That, that'd be a whole the, the girl, The girl in, uh, in Dutch that you saw in the window. The girl in Dutch that I saw in the window. And I exactly. think Jade made a comic of that, if memory serves. Yep. And we could fly to Dutchland mm. and actually put it all, we could act it all out. And then, oh, and then we'd bring the props back to our studio. So there'd be, like Mr. Rogers, there'd actually be a super train, but on a track running behind us. I so we could see. be like, hey, super train, toot, toot. And then super train would come in and we'd be like, I how see. do we recycle this uh, packaging? Uh-huh. Super train would put a little crane out and grab it and be like, I'm turning it into all oil beep beep and then off it would go mm-hmm. you know but every episode <laughs> reoccurring themes <laughs> how does it now do the recycling meow i don't know i'm good friday and my Very hands Elaine. don't have fingers lady elaine, <laughs> lady elaine. Oh man, yeah, I don't so, know. It just know, I, you know, I worry about work. You know, I worry oh, about. Oh, you don't like, want more work. Well, and right. I like I again see also Jonathan Colton. Like it's just that, right. like I, I it's I, it worries me that 
or it, it, I think it's a mitigating factor to think about how much work will be involved for us. To be honest with you, the white label project is starting to look better and better. If we just capitalize on the fact that we are literally at this point elder statesmen of this, of mm, this medium. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which you don't want to ma- name. If we just created like a public email address, we'd probably start getting a lot of inquiries almost immediately. Probably from Christine amongst others. where she's okay, like, here's, okay, I heard the latest episode and it right. sounds like you guys are really ready for me to do all the work on your uh, your TV yes. program. So we so what we do is we coltonize it. We get a bunch of people to work for free, and then yeah. wait for it. We cast ourselves, except younger and handsomer, and then we basically are well, just other selling people the inter- play us, property. but younger and handsomer. Yeah, they play us, except back in 2011 when we started the show. I so they see. so they're 40 year old versions of us, yeah, and they're the 40 year old version. Yeah, they're they're funny uh, ish, and yeah. then. And then we just, uh, it's just the IP. We just collect the royalties from, from the IP. That actually, it, that is more appealing to me than doing work. I know. I know. You know I know I mean? how much you hate work. I know. Well, you know what it is? It's not that I, I it's not that I do a lot of work. Yeah, it's just. Work in Well, in you know, I do things. Things. I mean, you would not believe how hard I work to produce the crap that I produce like yeah. it's no no and I'm not I don't mean that as like you know oh boohoo but but just more like like anything you do takes effort and you can't sleep while you're doing it mostly there it is right but what is I mean that, if we set the right of- expectations with our team I think I don't I see us not needing to do really very much of anything we might as well have a franchise of these things you can this talk to it. all different people you used to know this is it right I mean you can French kiss all manner of parrots yeah, that's but true. But the thing, the thing about us is that we have really, we've been asking the question for a long time, what's the difference between, what really is the difference between doing work and doing things? We both do things. Yeah. And, that, and it does overlap with doing work, but doing might, things is know, not you quite might be on to, You might be on to something there. Mm-hmm. If we were to do something like a Forged in Fire, well, I, I personally don't know very much about that. I didn't enjoy the show that much, but like... It will kill. The thing is, what everybody knows who do stuff, who does, <clears throat> mm-hmm, what everybody do knows stuff. who do stuff like we do is what they know is they're paying their dues. And what mm-hmm. they know is that just because the world doesn't like it or doesn't know about it or doesn't okay. think it's work doesn't mean it's not work. Like... Okay. You know, I mean, and that you think about, and you can push, one can push this button way too hard, but this really goes for the process of writing anything, where there's so much writing I do that nobody will ever see, because it's not writing, in whatever form or fashion, it's writing that was never made to be published. It might have gotten used in one thing or another, but I I try to turn things that I write into something that can go somewhere, but... But a lot of writing, I said this to Syracuse recently, I think a lot of the writing process is realizing, starting to write something and realizing it doesn't need to be written. That's still part of the process. So what if we, this is this, this could actually catch on with a lot of dads, what if we start exploring all the people who don't like doing things and, and like okay. try to find, like look at their stories, you know, okay. highlight them. This is Charles Corralt. You're not talking to some old lady who in, invented a butter churn. Like you're, you're talking to some guy out there, may, maybe it's an art deviant. Sure, maybe it's somebody that's making swords. So it's like that a can knight kill. templar. Yeah, exactly. But the thing is, but we're interested in the in them only a little, like not very, enough, even, very, very little. Yeah, like oh, this is a person that sorts sorghum into different 
colors and piles. Like that's cool. And that, or this that, is somebody, you know. Oh gosh, I almost said something mean. How can how can I abstract this? But like, let's say you are somebody who's like, say, a writer, or as you like to say, a content creator. Yeah, I do like you to say love that. to create content. So you're out mm-hmm. there and you're, and you're creating content, but maybe in your heart you know it's not very good. But you know yep. it's something you can pull off, and the checks seem to cash for now. Like, I mean, my uh, my daughter's mother slash partner yes. has now taken to uh, referring to my writing. Which I, I, you know, I do nine pages a day and none of it will ever be published unless after my death, it's like I'm like Candide and, and they publish like a nine volume set of my, uh, of the writing that never got published and I'm reviled in history. She needs to right? consider how she feels about having one of her buttocks sliced off. Well, what she, she's what your she, What she I've says. I've never said that out loud and I don't know if I'm saying it right. She says, uh, she says that it's my, it, that it's my journal or whatever. It's part of oh, my process. Oh, you're journaling, my, John. Are you yeah. journaling? I'm, I'm crafting or I'm, I'm, uh, what's that? What, what happens when you make a book, like a fancy book of, of your year? What is I, that called? I, Scrapbooking. Yeah, like scrapbooking. Yeah. Except I'm scrapbooking. Scrapbooking about, is American for hoarding. It's American for hoarding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I'm scrapbooking is I'm scrapbooking about the news. I'm scrapbook. I'm 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 writing I'm writing a scrapbook about <laughs> Look the at war these in the in Congress. I'm like, you know what? You know uh-huh. what? Uh, Hebron. Let me tell you, Hebron. Hebroff. Am I right? Oh boy, that's good. And, and nobody wants it, right? Or or maybe people do want it, but they'll never see it. Examining the male Gaza. Yeah, right. Uh, you, but, you, but like, it's not, it's not there. You're not doing it to be published. You're not saying it, as John Wayne says, you're not saying it for clapping. No, I'm not. It's part it of your process. Clapping. Yeah. It's part of my process. Every once in a while, somebody will write me and in what should be a two paragraph reply, I write nine pages where somewhere along the line, the train really jumps the track. Oh, and, boy. I, and I'm talking about, well, because I'm a guy of a certain age, I'm talking about the Roman Empire. And then pretty soon, <laughs> woo, I'm talking about the river that runs through Poughkeepsie. And yeah, then I, yeah, then yeah, I read yeah. it back and I'm like, what the hell is this? I can't you, send this so to So you see how person. it's all related. Well, that's my but thing. But it takes a lot that's of, it shtick. takes, I know, I feel, the, I feel, I would like to think that I'm the same. Well, no, I don't want to think that I'm the same way. I must accept that I am the same way. Mm. You know, mm. Nora Ephron says everything is copy. Like everything, everything that, is copy. Everything is copy. Everything in your life can be used for what you write about. And yeah. I think there's ways you can, obviously the one can be very cynical about that, but I take a special kind of joy. Well, if there's anything, oh boy, I don't want to actually talk about real stuff. But one thing no. I've benefited from in life is realizing that I like writing. I don't necessarily like writing to deadline. I don't necessarily like writing Mm-mm. long things. I'll Mm-mm. I'll let the listener infer <laughs> what kinds of things that keeps me out of the business of. But uh, but I really do. It's not just that I enjoy writing. It's that I have kind of got to write. You got to do it. I there's, know. There's a character in the Suicide Squad movie, the, the very the better one, the James Gunn one, and he's this guy uh, who, who's I think he's called uh, uh, Dot Man. But anyway, he's got all these little energy dots that like keep building and making bulbous parts of his body. This is a terrible mm. analogy, but if mm. he doesn't like find a way to expel all of his energy balls on a regular basis, he gets very ill. Oh, ugh. like a teenage boy. Expel and, like, your energy balls. It really and there's a reason that I participate so much on Mastodon right now, I which see. is like. That's where a lot of stuff can go. It doesn't mean I don't try, but like I'm going to write 
stuff every day, not nine pages, but I'm going to write stuff every day, no matter what. And if I can find a way to turn that into something I think is appropriate for the right place, whether that's show notes for an episode, I know the thing is a lot, I'm hearing that voice in my head is coming up with the title for this show is coming up with the problem for this show. Mm -hmm. Like all the things, is that writing? It actually is. Yeah, it is. And like, if you are a person who is, I, I would much rather talk about writing as a verb than a noun, but I do really think and live like a writer. It doesn't mean I travel and try to bone down, but I do think a lot. I was listening to an interview with Temple Grandin. She has a new book called Visual Thinking. And are, are you familiar with Temple Grandin? Uh, she talks to horses. Yeah, she's a she's a horse talker. Mm-hmm. She's a she's such a fascinating person, and um, there's a really good uh, movie about her young life um, starring Claire Danes. That's very good. But but you might know of Temple Grandin. She's a person uh, who my has mom achieved absolutely. A lot. My mom absolutely thinks Temple Grandin is the greatest thing. She's constantly she telling sure me about Temple Grandin. She sure is a fascinating person. To cut a long story short, she is a person with autism. Yes. And amongst other things, like a lot of folks I know on the spectrum, she didn't, in this case, didn't start talking till she was four, et cetera. Anyway, she talks in this book, it's a little bit of science spray, but she does talk a lot about this idea of like being a visual thinker versus a structural thinker versus being a sort of language thinker. And mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I am, I don't have all the, the same linear qualities as a classic language thinker, but that's very much how I think. I think mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. sentence sentences and mm. paragraphs even mm. when I don't realize that I am. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Oh, I do. And so I'm not a visual thinker. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm just doing the bit now, but like I, I like what's it, I had an example of this like pretty recently that came up. Like it happens actually kind of a lot where I'll like I'll write down something that amused me. Yeah. And like I have this app that I use for writing down lots of stuff and uh, it is very amenable to the idea of this just being a one word or one sentence or whatever and I can figure it out, do whatever with it later. Sometimes it's a quote. It becomes like a common book, you know, uh, yeah, that kind yeah. of thing. But like there are yeah. times where I'm like, okay, here's a, here's a funny observation about uh, watching this Showtime show called The Curse. And like here's an observation about that. And then that leads me to somewhere else and then that leads me to somewhere mm-hmm. else. And you know what the linchpin for so many of them is? Even though... I don't need to be doing this. I don't need to be thinking this. And I certainly don't need to be, quote, writing about this. That writing about it, even if it's just a very short few sentences, is something mm-hmm. that I find instructive and useful. And you could tell I'm I'm bashful about saying this because it sounds self-involved yes. to a lay person. No, it does not. Well, but I'm, I, I, you know, I'm self-conscious about it. But like, I yeah. do that all, all day long. I'm typing. All day. Like yeah. so much of every day. And it's not stuff where I'm like, oh, like any of the classic stuff you go like, oh, it's your dumb complaint about a thing or you're getting yell, you're ready to yell at somebody. It's, no, it's none of that. It's mm-hmm. just I could open up this phone and just so much stuff that I don't know why it's there. I don't, I don't know what it's for someday. But here's the point is that mm-hmm. once I gave myself formal, ongoing and well-rehearsed permission to write just because it's something I do and because it's something I like to do, that opens so many doors, at least in my own head. Yes. And feeling free to write about something without regard to why you're writing it, another reason I hate this whole, like, we've got to teach kids to write and they've got to do cursive and we have to make writing and reading something people hate. You know, it's like, but like, that's 
part of who I am. And mm-hmm. y'all don't need to know that. And you don't need to like look at the title for something and go, did Merlin or like the show notes for Reconcilable Difference? How could Merlin possibly spend three hours or more writing the show notes that amount to like a few paragraphs? Well, because you used we, to do that for Roderick on the line. Those were always so wonderful. Those were yeah, but like that became it. But here's the other part though, then that does become a case of, well, maybe this belongs more over here than there. Mm-hmm. And like th- th- maybe that's not making a better thing to do it that way. Way. And I've even realized with Reconcilable Differences, I don't know if it makes it a better thing. I know some people like that, and some people get the house style of each thing that I do. That's part of the challenge. Anyway, yeah. I just I just want to say there's nothing to that apart from, I guess, is it advice? Is it bragging? I don't know. But like once you've allowed yourself to become okay with the thing that you want to be doing a lot, you yeah. find a lot more ways for the thing you love doing to find a place in your life, even if it's not the one other people agree is where it should be. Did you ever listen to the Friendly Fire podcast? I listened to probably three or four episodes. Yeah, there was a, somewhere along the line they asked me to do the intros, to write a little intro, where <laughs> I was like, hey, here's the movie that we're going to watch tonight. And it tapped me in such a way that I started to write these little essays that were humorous. Was it originally supposed to be like a, like a paragraph? Yeah, it was supposed to be like, and today on Friendly Fire. Yeah. And instead, they became little five-minute uh, compressed monologues. Like, like an essay almost. Yeah, and I would write it, and then I would read it. And the thing is, with, uh, I don't know if you know this, but with audio editing, yeah. you can actually take out pauses and things that are, um, you know, like when you say um and stuff, you can do I, that. I, I read something about yeah. this. Yeah. But the problem was, I don't like that. Like, uh, like when I do a record in the studio and they're like, okay, take that again. I'm like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to sing the song all the way through from beginning to end. And then if you liked it, then that's the version. And if you didn't like it, I'll sing it again, but I'm not going gonna... to start with Ken's punching method. The first take. No, I'm not, I'm not going to do every word and I'm not going to do, I'm not going to hit that little part again. I'm just going to sing the whole thing again. And that drives people crazy in the studio. They're like, that's not how we do it. And I'm like, it's how I do it. I can't do it another way. But so with these friendly fire intros, I would, I would do it. And if I made one tiny mistake, if I said, uh, in the wrong place, I would just erase it and start over. And a oh, lot you were of the, recording these at home. I would do it. I would do it into the. I would do it into the machine at night see, before the show. Oh, that's and so. In, that's that is an interesting wrinkle. I would not have guessed. Yeah, and so, so you're also so, recording yourself and then deciding if you like how it sounds, which is yes. different than just writing it. And a lot it's of times, so different. I would do a take that was absolutely superior to the take that I ended up using, but I made a little error and I didn't like it, and so I'm gonna do it again. And because it's my own writing, I had all these, I had all this phraseology. I had exactly, I knew which words I wanted to hit. I didn't have to put, I put things in italics and quotes cause I could do it with my voice. And I write. And it's it was so, a, it's so the first few times you try writing something f- to be read as we used to say in poetry class in the air. I know I'm telling you something, you know, it is really qu- so quite different than oh, you realize, different. especially if you haven't sort of found your voice either as a speaker or as a writer. I mean, no, she didn't eliminate, but like, if you know your voice, you, you, this is why sometimes I, I really stumble over ad copy that yeah. was not written for me. Because <laughs> no. if I read this in the way that it was written for me, it really does sound like a hostage statement. <laughs> well, that's, and that's the thing. But what I discovered was this little thing 
writing about war movies and putting them in cultural context was a thing I could do and record at three o'clock in the morning only. And it could only be about war movies because I have never written another one of those or recorded another one of them since the day that show ended. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, they took a lot out of me. They were, they were hard, but I was really proud of them. I How discovered long did they end up being, did you say about five minutes? Yeah. I mean, it would be three to five minutes. Oh, beyond. I'm, I'm asking for like an important reason. So, but like you, you had found, I mean, I'll put it, if I may put it in my words, like I, it helps me to discover the sort of molecular, God, this all depends, 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 depends. It depends so much on your perceived audience, on the amount of time and energy that you have. It depends That's on right. so many different things, but like you learn the atomic unit, the molecular unit that you're comfortable at, which you're comfortable working. Right. Yes. Don't, and if you can, uh, I bet it was the same way. A lot of people have to write a monologue every week with a team or by themselves or whatever. You're like, well, I know how to do this. I know yeah. what this sounds like when it's good. I know how long it is. I even maybe eventually learn approximately how long it takes to do. That's yeah. part of the professionalization of writing is knowing that like, it's very unlikely this is going to take less than 20 minutes. And I really, really hope it doesn't take more than four days, but there is something in between that I can shoot for. And, and, in a way that you almost don't want to even talk about it, it becomes really gratifying. Oh, yeah. Don't you well, find? The, 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 because the thing was, like, knowing that I wasn't going to be misquoted, <laughs> that because I was reading it in my own style, that there was no way to misread it. You could, you could mishear it, but that's on you. Misreading it is much more like, is this, did I write that right? But if I was going to read it, because I would edit it as I went, I'd be like, that's not how I would say it. You know, there, I would, I would change this or change that. I was so proud of these little snippets because, and I think what was motivating me was I was partly flaming my co-hosts and the audience <laughs> with just the sheer info drops. I could put an entire episode of the, of the, of the podcast into three minutes, but all the stuff that I didn't get to say in the show. About like, well, actually, in context, this and so movie would was you made record, in '82, and so just so I know, would you record this after you had recorded the main episode? Yes. So you, oh, interesting. So you yes. knew what? Oh, that's crazy. It was a preface of a show that I already had re re recorded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I knew what had been left out, and I knew what not to spoiler alert. And so it was all this weird context and jokes. It was funny. It was supposed to be funny. And uh, oh yeah, but I but I've never done another one. And I think I think a lot of people that signed up for that Patreon that you put together for me, that first one, the the Bean Dad Patreon, mm -hmm. um, a lot of people came from Friendly Fire thinking like, oh, he's just going to be making every week, he's going to be making another five minute long, you know, like like joke fest. And I just couldn't. I, there was nothing in the world that inspired me. Well, and if it, I mean, I'll speak for myself. If I don't have a a lot of people say, like, talk about the importance of, you know, deadlines and how, like, how deadlines actually are so many people in their process deadlines are, are really important for a variety of reasons. I, I don't know if I wouldn't use the word deadline, but having a constraint of some kind helps. Yep. Like time yep. available helps. And also, honestly, then also a little bit of self-knowledge about like, I, can't, I know I can't spend forever on this in terms of expectations and i also mm -hmm. can't spend forever on this in terms of available time but then the other part is knowing what your hook or your bit is mm -hmm. i think helps so much. so much and you recognize it i don't know it reminds me of a lot of things that have come to me only late in life where i go oh i recognize that oh yeah. i know you you're an idea that would be funny in 
the second to the last paragraph. Like, <laughs> exactly. You don't, you don't go. You don't go here. <laughs> And like, go here. Right. It is a little bit like fitting a puzzle together, which is again part of the really the fun of writing is what order does this go in? And, but you know what I mean? That recognition of like, oh, I know that part and I know it doesn't go here. And it feels good that I noticed that. Uh, Yesterday, uh, you know, uh, uh, Ed Kaplan, the uh, Colonel, Colonel Ed Kaplan retired, who's the dean of the Army War College, he and I periodically exchange. Stuff and he wrote me a couple of days ago uh, with a with a couple of simple questions. Two two paragraph email. Hey John, uh, uh, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And I started to write him and uh, and I wrote nine pages. Where for sure by the end I did not set out to write nine pages, but by by absolutely by the end I was like, as you know, in the Roman <laughs> Empire, and I get to nine pages. Bu- the, the the unwritten first sentence. Buckle the fuck in. <laughs> Well, and also he's the dean of the war college and a, and, a, and a history professor for the army, so he does know about the Roman Empire. And I'm, and, you know, and and it, and it's an opportunity for me because it's not an audience. I'm I'm speaking to an informed audience, so I can say all the things and assume that my audience understands. Right? I don't have to go. Well, for those of you who don't know, and the right, prob- right, right, right. That's a was, that's a big deal. It was, and this was the this was one of the wonderful things about the War Movie Podcast was you're already here, and I know you are interested because you're listening to this. It's weird. It's a small enough world, so I'm not going to have to explain who the what the Breakfast Club was. And if I do have to explain what the Breakfast Club was, that's your. <laughs> this was you know, never. Like, this was never for you. This was never for you. Right, but with with Ed Kaplan, I get to the end of this nine pages. I mean, seriously, nine pages typewritten. On my phone, if I were to put them down into yeah, you've, you've word processing, you've definitely got ADHD. It, That's such an ADHD just, thing. It do. would just be like, just so you, you know that other people don't. Other people think, oh, how'd you stay so focused for nine minutes? It's like, oh, sweetheart, you have no idea how easily I can stay focused for nine pages of something. For sure. Every time, don't I ask me over. what I'm not doing all the time that I'm doing those nine pages because it's probably the thing I should be doing. Well, and yeah, and I'm driving on to an appointment and I'm running the essay in my head, and then I pull over at a stoplight and I put two more pages down into my phone. There's times I don't want to go to sleep. I still, there's times I don't want to go to sleep because oh, I'm like, I got a head of steam on and I know there's enough of those, hey, I recognize you moments so far that I kind of don't want to, or like a lot of times when I'm falling asleep, I actually do have like a, something that's an important idea to me. Yeah. Sometimes about sleep, sometimes about life. And like, I do sometimes just grab my phone because I'm like, it drives me nuts because I know there's something here. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And you That's need a lot of get, pages, a lot of writing. Well, but the, but so then, oh, but here's the here's where ADHD is the problem. Then I say, wait a minute, I can't send this to him. This <laughs> is this is going to take him all day, and he is going to go, why the fuck? And he also, this is insane. Oh, it's going like, to be so because like, you know how it is. I I mean, like something I said a long time ago in the days when I wrote about email is, hey, here's a, here's a few easy ones like a subject line that lets somebody know kind of let somebody know what this thing is about and like how vital it is to be dealing with right now, however you do that. But also like, if you really want a response from somebody, a couple things, always ask a question that could be answered with yes, but Uh also make sure there's space under, like when they pull up your email, there should be white space under your email. Oh, like, okay. But you know, and a lot of people go like, well, what if, what if the answer is actually no? It's like you're missing the point. The point is, if you're a project manager, again, now we're talking about things you learn from other places in life. Uh, you know what makes you a better writer is knowing that busy people love being a- asked a question that can be answered with the single word yes. Yes. And if that that plus white space under, I'm taking you off your thing, but like that's just another domain thing where you, I'm guessing you don't want this guy 
who's busy and wears a uniform, probably looks pretty sharp, opening this up, hitting the scroll thing and seeing <laughs> so much scrolling to be done to read this yeah. thing that seemed like a pretty straightforward thing he wrote you. And what I was going to do is write him and say, look, you're a history professor. And I know you're yeah, probably if you were a history professor in a lay college, you would uh, be used to <laughs> you call it a party school. Now. <laughs> you, you'd be used to experiencing thing. You'd be used to experiencing seven unfocused pages about this topic. Webster's defines somebody, war as <laughs> written by somebody that did no research, but you work at a war college where officers are replying to your stuff and they presumably have to stay focused and follow a pattern. And so this might be hard to read for you, but also, but then what I do is I don't send it to him. <laughs> and from where he sits in his office, he thinks, well, John didn't reply to my email and has no idea that I, that do you ever, I, do you ever go back and just try to like, whether, I mean, ob the obvious one is like, pick out the one best paragraph. Another one is like, well, no. And I actually disagree with that. Usually another way to look at it is go, Hey, you know what? Free gift to me is I just learned a lot of what yeah. I think about something and I can write the greatest two sentence email of all time now. And they'll <sighs> never, they'll never even know I made it look easy. Yeah, but this is the problem with uh, with whatever my affliction is, is that the time it would take for me to do that and the focus, I, I, I start writing another eight-page email to someone else. Well, and is it fair to I'm, say, yeah, at this point, you might be, at that point, rather, you might be starting to overthink it. Well, I've got 700 pages uh, uh, on any topic. If you were like, <laughs> if you were like, what's the difference between 70s Corvettes and 60s Corvettes? I got 700 pages on that somewhere. I wrote it all to Tiffany Arment. Uh, uh, 10 years ago. And she was like, don't care. Don't know. Don't care. Mm -hmm. Just trying to get this out of the garage. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, oh, but, and the thing is, I know for a fact, there are people listening who are like, I want to read these. I want to read that Merlin. I want to read what you write in the middle of the night. Um, you know, why <laughs> don't you definitely publish out there, but there are not many of them. <laughs> no. And the thing is they don't, what they don't know is they don't want to read it. Right. They no, don't. they like, no, a lot of people like the idea of me and I just appreciate that. I like the idea of you. Yeah, but I even like you. I know I like the actual. Well, oh, now too. now you're getting give me a full Fred Rogers, and I love well, that. It's true. Ding ding. Yeah. Doot, doot. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, Super Train. What do you think of Merlin Man? <laughs> doot, doot, ding ding. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, this actually gives me a, a a chance to to say a thing and and say another thing real quick. Um. So if jokes leave the room for a minute the thing about like anything like a tv show or whatever uh any well what do you do you end up like working your ass off and then like if you get the magic ticket which is like even just the opportunity to like have a meeting with somebody which it sounds like you've had but like what you end up doing is just most of us are so sweaty for somebody to say they like us and think we're good. And yeah, yeah we'd like money but like boy there's a, and this does re relate to Jonathan Colton and me which is like, I'm very... Okay, that's a great I, children's book, by the way. That's such Jonathan a good book, Colton Jonathan Colton and me. Colton yeah. And me. Yeah, make room for Colton. Uh, Here it comes. You... <laughs> Here comes Super Train. <laughs> um, no, I just... Just that, like, now you're committed, right? And you're... The thing is... Yeah, as you know, like I'm, I'm terrible at negotiations, and and one reason I think I'm terrible at negotiations is I know a truth about negotiations that doesn't make me any better at it, which is that whenever a person, uh, well, first of all, again, this is another thing from the wisdom document. Whoever wants the meeting more probably has less power. So, yeah. like when you go and meet with them at HGTV or whatever, 
Like, they don't need you unless you're Michelle Obama. They don't, like, need you unless you're Meghan Markle or whatever. Like, they don't need you. You're the one who's sweaty. You're the one going, please make my TV show. And then all you're waiting for, you're hoping for yes. You're waiting for yes. You're waiting for even, like, a maybe plus. But you know what I mean? Like, you go in there and, like, you're just, you're so sweaty. You might as well be, I might as well be anyway, nine years old, going, please say that I'm okay and you like my science fair project. Yeah. And then once you do it, they'll they'll keep you on the line as long as necessary to get you to agree to do all the difficult stuff. But you're, whether this is a book or a TV show or really in anything where it feels like you finally got that brass ring that you really deserve, like... Then now you're stuck with it. Like you agreed to do this and implicit in almost all of those things, especially if it's an extrinsic thing you're doing for someone else. Mm. I don't think Oprah goes through this in quite the same way most of us do. But you're now you're she did one time. But but you're stuck now. You're stuck with now whatever that person wants from you. I don't and I just to bring this around to the point I want to make, I don't like that with writing. No, and, and like I couldn't do it. I've had so much shit in my life where I hoped it could be. I try to find some way to make what I do and who I am interesting to other people. I do. I try to do yes. that, and a lot of times that is through some form of writing, even if it's not visible published writing. But I'll tell you what's a real buzzkill for me is like let's say that all went terribly wrong and we did get our TV show and Christine's too busy to do it for us. And like, now we're on the hook to like learn about this thing and there's a deadline and there's somebody who does know how to make TV and they're calling you all the time. And then the deadline for this went by and you still owe me five pages from Thursday. And like, I might be catastrophizing that, but let's just say that does not put me in the state. You know what? That that puts me in the state of mind to go work on literally anything else that does still give me that feeling of writing in a way that makes me happy. So I wanted to give you an example. I'll send this to you. You don't need to read this, but like, so I get an email. This is, I think this is an apt example. I got an email uh, February 17th of last year from a guy who's an editor at a well-known magazine you can buy on a newsstand. Yeah. And through a mutual acquaintance, he said, Hey, look, you know, this mutual, this friend, this guy that works for me, gave me your email. Cause I know you went to new college and he made a real good pitch. He made oh, this pitch. Oh, and New College was in the news. Yeah, right, because of the DeSantis stuff. And anyway, yeah. he wrote this really nice email. And he even, like, he, he's a good editor. Like, he gave me his, like, hey, just here's where I come from on this. My, and he, going forward a little, my hypothesis is that perhaps, blah, 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 perhaps uh, woke in the sense that he would find objectionable, da, 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 da. And he says, would you like to write about this? Yeah. Oh, I love the way you do this, where every sentence or two is a new paragraph. They're so easy to read when you do that. It's so, I mean, it's, it's, that's a, it, such a it, good it's, format. It's, that's, that's, I learned that from writing for things online. Um, it is that people are more likely to stick with you if they get a little thrill of a new paragraph that's even a short, it's, you know, it's just varying your writing. But anyway, thank you. Yeah. But here's the thing. So this, 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 this nice guy wrote to me in February, February 17th, and I didn't even, I didn't write him back uh, immediately. And then he says, and then I get a follow-up a week later. He says, just bumping this in case you saw this story in the New Yorker. So now we've ruled it down. It's, it's just, it's a magazine. It's not the New Yorker. But anyway, and he link, links me to that. And then I, I wrote him back and I said, hey, thanks. I said, unfortunately, I'm out of the loop about anything that's been happening since I graduated. And I, I don't think I'd have anything particularly probative to share, et cetera, et cetera. That was on February 23rd. Did you yeah. publish this in your... Is this private that you sent me, or did you no, publish no, this public. on your page? Oh, okay, okay, okay. But here's the thing. Now, what, what, what will not be obvious to anybody, because I've never mentioned this before. 
uh, is because it doesn't matter. But here's the thing. That guy wrote to me and said, do you want to write a thing about New College? Which I immediately knew I did not, I did not want to write a thing about New College especially for whether it's for a website or a publication or whatever, because I mean, and this is an entirely different show we need to do, but like a TV show, never talk to reporters. Like, oh, show me the like last. Not, well, show me the last thing you read in the New York Times about anybody where they came off looking like somebody you would like and want to know. There's me. always going to be an angle where you look like a dingling. Like even today, the delightful thing about the the mouse in Wales. The um, mouse looks like a ding-a-ling? No, but the dis- person who described this in the Washington Post describes the person as shoveling toast into their mouth. And I'm like, was that really a necessary detail oh, about a man who had a sweet ooh. mouse? Because oh, he's got to seem colorful and fun. And right. I've just been through this ringer so many times, all the way down to a, a piece where I found out a thing I was writing for this Mac magazine. They wanted us all to come and be photographed in a group photo dressed like Steve Jobs. Hmm. That's not you. It's not, not really my tempo. No, Merlin doesn't belong in that photo. I'm almost done, I swear to God. So the point is, February 17th, this very nice person says, do you want to write something about new college? I, I kind of ghosted on him for a week. When he did write back, I said, no, but thank you very much for the offer. And good luck. I, I, you know, I think I even said, I said, here's hoping cooler heads will prevail. It's a really special place. What he didn't know, I never intended to write this piece for him. Mm-hmm. And so can you tell what I did from that piece you were looking at mm-hmm. is I did write back to him, but you wrote the piece about the piece. You wrote the I piece wrote, about not writing the piece. I wrote an email response to him that I never sent him. And, uh, instead I shared it on my own website where probably five people read it <laughs> because it's my website. There are many like it, but this one is mine. And yes. I don't know if this goes to the point we've both been talking about, but I sure feel like it does, which is you don't know where it's going to come from. So to this fellow, I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry I didn't write your thing. I'm sorry I spaced on writing you back. And the numerous times he wrote me back because he just really, I guess, wanted these like a thousand words or whatever, but whatever. Nice guy. And I, his friend is, uh, my friend that works for him is very cool. But what I'm trying to get at is that how do you explain this to somebody that a completely random hey, do you want to write about your college that you went to 30 years ago? And of course, what I read between the lines is, and then get pilloried on all sides from a bunch of people who willfully misunderstand everything in life. Or in my case, I go, you know, I actually do have something to say about this. And the best way for me to say it in the way that I want to say it, dude, you just gave me the perfect format, which is, and admittedly, this is a little bit sort of like, I don't know, Jonathan Swift or something in the sense of like, hello, person who asked me to write for you. I'm not going to write for you. And here's why. And of course, then I proceeded to write. And the, this, 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 whatever this is, thousand words or 800 words is called on not writing about new college <laughs> because I realized I do have something to say, but I don't have something to say for a website, someone else's website or someone else's magazine. And it's not really, honestly, just the, the whole, like, just to be clear here, it's not just because I don't like people yelling at me, although I certainly don't, but why would I do that for the 50 bucks I'd get from that? Or for like, why would I work that hard at that? And, and to my point from earlier about the TV show, why would I work that hard at something where I'm going to have to take a note from this person who oh, like, that. oh, with their kindness and noblesse oblige have agreed to publish me on the web somewhere. It's like, I have the web already. <laughs> why would I give that to anybody else? And again, I, also that does lead us back to the Jonathan Colton thing. Like, oh, that's okay. Keep the nickel. Yeah. Title. Well, I'm, you know, this was the this was the dirty secret about these intros I wrote for Friendly Fire. I only did the ones I wanted. 
And they would, anytime they wrote me and said, hey, do you have your intro for the episode? It's going up tomorrow. <laughs> right. If, You'd be like, oh, if I didn't, oh, oh, you're doing that thing. You're doing that thing where you ask me to do things. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's what, that's what happened. Not only did I, if I didn't want to do it, not do it, but I didn't even, this is why they canceled me. This is why they're not my friends anymore. I didn't even say anything. Yeah. I was just like, huh, I mean, if I am inspired to do it, Sometimes maybe. Null is a, is a well, I think I might be paraphrasing Cool Hand Luke, but, you know, sometimes Null is a pretty decisive answer. Well, and so what, what ended sometimes up Sometimes Null says more than no. I did get your email. Is that, is that Adam <laughs> or Ben, at the last minute, would switch the duties of uh-huh. writing an intro and recording it, where I had not only not done it, but not even replied to them. And then eventually they started doing it, trying to do it in my style. With, so but then just to be clear here, that one of one of those two guys would write it and do it, perform it, would write and do record it at the at, because the because people got accustomed to those. So now, if you listen back to the archive, only about I don't even know if fifty percent of them are this thing that I love to do that I was so proud of. Yes, but yes. if I didn't want to do it. I just didn't do it. And sometimes I would write back and go, no, I don't, there's nothing here for me. Well, I mean, like, and to just the honest response in some ways, I mean, obviously there's a, there's a big honest response a lot of people want to make is which I just don't have the cycles for that right now. But another one is, you know, I don't, I don't have a whole lot to say about that. And when I say that, just so y'all know, like, I don't, or like the, the the time last year, my kid first said to me, I don't have a strong opinion about that. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I knew you were a cool kid and now I can prove it. Uh People getting in a position where they're comfortable saying, I don't have a strong opinion about that. My wife says it to me all the time. We're all like, kind of as a joke, I'll just throw out something that's a ridiculously strong opinion about something. And she'll go, I, I don't have a strong opinion about how we prepare the eggs or, or, (laughs) or or whatever. Right. But like, it's the thing is that is, that's that, that also allows you to retain it as, as your, your special thing. And yeah, it makes you obdurate. Yeah. It makes you like not part of the workflow, but like, also you're not allowed to productize my shit. Like the thing that I write for this, when I have something to say like you're not allowed like and I sound like I'm mad and I don't print it don't put it in the paper that I'm mad cuz I'm not but like when somebody then like I've agreed to write this thing for a a, a magazine or a newspaper or a, whatever that's probably for the website I never get asked to write for print anymore but yeah. like I say no to everything <laughs> because it's not that I in that case it's not that I have absolutely nothing to say about anything let alone you know like this it's I have something to say about this but I'm not ready to say it yet or yeah. I'm not in the place right now where I'm ready to like be the shark swimming around that particular prey. I'm, there's other things right now. Maybe that could be that I'm in the hospital for three days, but it could also just be that like, I do have something to say about this. I'm going to say it over on this website where five people will read it and four of them will write me a nice note about what it meant to them. That well, means so much more to me than your nickel. The, the, my problem is I want to write it. I don't want to argue about it. And that could be with an editor too though, right? Well, with an editor or my own audience, like the last thing I like to do <laughs> You're is, doing put, you wrong. is put something up there for my five people and have four of them want to argue with me about it. And I'm like, I don't oh, want to. And, and there, there are times that really do bring people out of the, 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 the woodwork. Yeah. It happened, oh. happened to me last night where I was talking about the TV show, The Curse, and I only mentioned it tangentially in a follow-up post, which no one ever reads, but what I said was a thing I've believed for a long time, and I'm going to read it to you now. It's very short. Yes. Do you know what a land acknowledgement is? Yes. I said, most land acknowledgements end up just sounding like bragging. 
<laughs> we new, stole your land. New, parag- new paragraph, <laughs> a rote but respectful victory lap. And that is honestly, every land acknowledgement I've ever heard honestly does sound like, like there's, you know the part, the only part you left off of that and you still can't have it back. So we're acknowledging this holy land, this unceded land, land, but you know what? It's also (laughs) unceded by us, so see you for the next one of these, which wouldn't have occurred to me if I hadn't been watching this TV show that I like and then felt like just typing that little thing. Sorry, go ahead. Well, no, you're you're 100% right, and and, uh, I, I often feel like... Well, I know you've get you've gotten these letters from people where they're like, "I've been a fan of yours since the very beginning." <laughs> That's funny. But, I've never heard of you, but I can't. And you're believe... being terrible to me the first time you've ever contacted me. <laughs> I can't believe I you can't would be- say oh. this thing that is uh, outrageous to me. But if you knew fact, anything cons- about the medical device consistent. industry. Yeah. Completely consistent with everything that you've ever said for the last ten years, but somehow I missed. All of that, and now I'm really mad about the thing you said about the one thing I know about or think I know about. And I'm like, I don't want to – I didn't put this up here to, to argue with you. I don't uh, – it's fine that you have feelings. Put it up on your own website is my advice to you. I don't want – I don't care about them. I, it's not that I don't care about you. I love you. I, th- I think you're, I said, I think said exactly two things about the situation in the Middle East, and they both – one of them I think was on here, and it was very like quickly in passing. I think yes. I used a phrase something along the lines of not that the IDF cares about that. that right. That's like the extent of what I've said, and believe me. I have some hair curling opinions about that that none of you are ever going to hear. And mm. I got, I shouldn't even say this. Somebody I, wrote you about that one little bounce that you had? Wow. I don't want to, I don't. Go ahead, go ahead. I, I don't want to put this person no, on no, no. blast, no, but I think the subject line was something like, I feel very unseen by you right now. Oh. And it was a whole long thing about what it's like to be this person's background and to be so pursued by the world all the time. Yeah. And like, well, do you want to clarify your position about blah? And I was like, uh, I think I, I, what I wrote back was initially was because I did want to respond. I did want I, I did want to respond to that person because they felt they were real hot about it and they had their reasons. Yeah. And I didn't want to be unkind. I didn't want to be no. cute about it. But I think what I said was, I think I just literally said, yeah, I'm not going to get into that comma, but thank you for the note. Yeah. And then, boy, did I ever get both barrels after that, because that was oh. such a cop out on blah blah, and that just, it just went on and on. And finally, what I ended up saying to the person was something that is true and it's factual, and I do believe. I said this must be a terrible time for you right now, and I can't even imagine what it's like to have to deal with what's happening. And I'm not trying to be cute, like I, I really do believe that. But like, it, could you show me a better issue in the world where I don't want to get into a thing with a stranger about it? Yeah. yeah. Do you want to get into an Israel and Palestine? The canonical don't go there argument of the last like 60 years. Like how, what, and so, and you're mad enough. I have no, I, I, he says I've met him before. I don't know. But what, the point being, he thought enough of that, that he was real mad and I was in his line of fire, if you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now it's on me to like explain why I feel how I feel that I've only expressed and boy, that just tells me everything I need to know. Boy, even mentioning it twice, just barely, was too much. Like, as if we haven't gotten enough evidence that you shouldn't have any opinion about this. I, Jesus I got a, fucking Christ. I got a letter from somebody who had already written me six letters on this topic. And they, they, they left me some, or they wrote some comment where they're like, you're still not listening to me. And I was like, I'm not. 
that's, I'm that's honestly ac- not. That's accurate. I'm, I yeah. am. You're, you're, you're 100% right. I am zero listening to you. Um, well, and, and like, like no- just to say the same thing I said to my wife, I'll say to you and our listeners is like, if I were the sort of person where it meant a lot to me to quote, talk people into my point of view, which I think that's not really one of the things I'm best known for, but whatever, let's say I was one of those people and like, you're mad at me and I'm mad at you and now we're going to throw hands and I'm going to like, what am I going to do? I am going to, and I hope I'm being general enough about this, but whatever, I'm going to like, quote, talk you into my point of view when you've told me you spend every day worried about genocide. I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk you into my, maybe we should all just be a little better to people in general. Like, I'm going to talk you into that via email. How does that turn out well for anybody? But I also wanted to be a dad and I wanted to be the kind of dad where you can, you can hit me and it'll bounce. Like I'm not going to be wounded and I'm not definitely not going to hit you back, but I I did. I feel bad for every, but I feel bad for everybody. It's all a shit show. And even my talking about it right now, I'm probably going to hear about this. And it's like, why would you believe for just one second that, that, that I have this, this sort of, that I have my I have my own reasons for feeling the way that I feel about the world and 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 like I mean how many people has he contacted in that way to like say well you don't agree with me on this I don't know like, maybe only you because you are a person to people I don't which know. is which is a, a mitzvah uh, yeah well it's nice I, it's nice that I'm a person to people but you are a person to people you know but but a person is still a person. A decision is always a decision. People like are people. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. But like, I guess the thing, if we're gonna do a show, I don't. I'm not sure how we get that somewhere where we actually make money from it without having to make commitments. Like, That's what do you think is thing. our? What's our go forward strategy right now? I feel like what we need to do is make 15 minute episodes and do them whenever we want. Mm. And so what we have to do is do an entire season. And it might take us five to 15 years to do, but we make the season first, so we're not on any deadlines. Oh, you're, so saying, when, you're saying there, as they say in the industry, they're in, as Christine would say, who I imagine will be our executive producer, you want them in the can. That's exactly right. Uh-huh, Once uh-huh. they're in the can, people might think we're making them every week, but in fact, the there was like a 10-week gap between episode two and episode three. We need continuity help with the way you cut your own hair sometimes, probably. Right. But the problem is what they do is they they say, uh, you have your whole life to make your first album, but then you only have one year to make your second Scott, album. Sky Saxon from The Seed said that. Yeah. So anyway, we would be, we would be uh, we, our first season, we could do, oh, it'd be a limited series. It'd be like the British uh, office where we just do this two seasons and then we're This is something the Brits understand. We don't need yeah. 37. We don't need 22. Six right. is plenty. Six eps. It so would be like six episodes the over the next 10 years. Yeah. And the problem is Flight of the Concord season two wasn't bom, as good as season bom, one. Boom, 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 bo